This is Diana Cordy with Book Talk. My guest today is Craig Johnson, author of a Wyoming mystery series featuring Sheriff Walt Longmire. It is not only a bestseller in the book world, but a popular TV show on Netflix, despite being canceled some years ago. His newest book and 19th title in the series is The Longmire Defense. He's Zooming with me today from his home in Ucross, Wyoming. Craig, welcome back to Book Talk. Good to be here. Thanks for having me. What's happening as the book opens up? <laughs> well, what's happening is, is that Walt is involved with a uh, search and rescue operation, um, which is you know not unusual here in Wyoming. Like that, that's kind of one of the fun parts of uh, writing about it. Wyoming sheriff is is that I'm not stuck with just a homicide investigator who's just doing nothing but homicide investigations and processing homicides like that. And so, you know, you know, a sheriff's job is, is, is multiple, you know, layers like that. And, and one of them is a search and rescue, especially when you're this close to the Bighorn mountains, you know, to an area as big as Vermont like that. And, uh, you know, has mountains in it almost 14,000 feet. Like that. people sometimes get in there and lose their way. And so Walt has to go after uh, this one woman whose car has gone off the road and she's left her car like that. And as he's up there, he stumbles onto a rifle that's been left in this one specific spot in the Bighorn Mountains. And uh, it's that's also not unusual. Like an awful lot of times, you know, hunters get excitable, set their rifle down, walk away, and, you know, it gets lost to antiquity. The interesting thing about this one is, is it's caliber. It's a 300 H&H Magnum, which is a very experimental type of caliber in the period in time when this weapon was built. And it leads back you know, to a specific uh, that Walt's father uh, told him about. And that was a case where this uh, state accountant by the name of Bill Sutherland was actually killed uh, back in 1948. And they suspect that it might have been a murder, but there was no way to find out who it was that did it because there was no way to find the weapon. Well, when Walt finds that weapon, he uh, actually starts digging up this cold case about Bill Sutherland and trying to find out who it is that might have killed him. Mm -hmm. I like to think of Walt as being a very even-handed, you know, fair-minded detective, you know, where he's a firm believer in the the credo that uh, until proven guilty, until he discovers that this weapon actually belonged to his grandfather, Lloyd Longmire, which sets him off on a very different kind of investigation. What was the history between the two men? You know, it's been a rocky road, like that, between mm-hmm. Walt and his grandfather over the years, and you know, and, and kind of uh, intimated like as to what that relationship was like, and that there were quite a few mysteries, you know, involved between the two men. And I think that they were they suffered from being too much alike. They were they were very much alike. Like, and I think that made it very difficult for them to see eye to eye. And one of the only places that they actually did see eye to eye was on a chessboard whenever Walt's grandfather was attempting to try and teach him how to think and how to think, you know, maybe one or two moves ahead of, you know, his opponent, mm-hmm. which turned out to be some pretty valuable abilities like that when he became the sheriff of Abstroka County. Uh, it's interesting because Walt thinks he knows his grandfather pretty well, but as it turns out and the, the book develops, like that, he, he maybe learns that there was more to the man than, than first met the eye. How did the idea of this particular book come to you? You know, there were two different things. Like uh, there was actually a newspaper article about a a weapon that had been found up in the Bighorns. An awful lot of my books tend to come from newspaper articles. You know, when I first started out, you know, and Viking Penguin said, we think you should consider doing this as a series. 
And that scared me to death. Like that. I mean, I'd written one book. I didn't even know if I could write a second book for the sake. Like, and so they wanted a whole series of books. Like, and so I had to think about that for a while. But one of the, the saviors of that situation was, is that almost all of my books tend to come from newspaper articles. There's some sort of catalyst from a newspaper article, you know, from here in Wyoming or up in Montana or South Dakota, Utah, you know, Colorado, Idaho. They, they provide an awful lot of interesting ideas for me. Like at the amount, I think I've got a, a file folder. It's about a foot thick. Like, and so my worry now is that I'm not going to get all those stories written. Not that like, you know, that I'm going to run out of ideas. And so that was one, like that this rifle had been found up in the mountains. And then there was another author by the name of Elmer Keith. He wrote, you know, back in like the 20s and 30s and leading up into the, the 40s. He was a big game hunter. He was a cowboy. He was an outfitter like that and a remarkable writer. Wrote a lot about outdoors activities like that, fishing, hunting, that type of thing. There's a story that he told. And one of the autobiographical books called Hell, I Was There. Um, and it was about the state accountant for the state of Montana who was killed, you know, in a hunting accident. And, you know, Elmer kind of like makes it clear that in his mind, it was not a mistake. That what happened was, is that he came back from World War One and caught some of these guys like that, that were in the Treasury Department there in Montana doing things that they shouldn't have been doing. And so the only way they knew to get rid of him was to get rid of him. And so they did. And that, that story, he doesn't name names like that, but that story stuck with me. It kind of hung with me over the years like that because it just seemed so horrific. Like that these individuals had done what it was that they did. And so it was just a question of finding the right situation for the characters and the right timing and everything, you know, for that story, for that plot line to be developed and be able to tell the story that I wanted to tell like that. And, uh, the Longmire defense was that book. Longmire remains one of the most watched drama series on Netflix. How do you explain its staying power? <laughs> That's a really good question. And uh, I don't know if I have a really good answer for it. Like that, I mean, I like to think that it has something to do, you know, with the characters, uh, very specifically with Walt. You know, I think that, you know, obviously if the show's called Longmire, then, you know, obviously Walt is going to be a large portion of that. <laughs> And I think that, you know, in many ways, he's kind of a throwback. I mean, I've been doing a lot of these interviews today like that, and I've had so many people tell me that, you know, the, the show was kind of perfectly placed for COVID um, because people were looking for something that was a little bit reassuring, you know, in a time that seemed extraordinarily unsure. And, you know, Walt does hearken back, you know, to a lot of those cowboy characters, you know, that had a, mm -hmm. you know, that have a moral code, like that of right and wrong, like that. And I'm not saying that Walt's perfect in any ways. As a matter of mm -hmm. fact, some of Walt's faults, you know, are some of his more appealing, uh, character aspects like that. But he, he's a decent guy. He's a, he's a good guy who's going to try and do the right thing. I mean, the way that I describe Walt is if I'm out here in a blizzard on I-25 and my truck slides off the road, you know, in the middle of the night, that pair of headlights that's coming up behind me, I want Walt Longmire to be in that truck is what I want. I want that guy. And so I think a lot of people have responded to that, you know, and took a certain amount of solace in the fact that there are going to be people out there that are going to try and do the right thing for the right reasons. You know, it's uh, and it continues, you know, with the television series, you know, having been off the air for like, what, about six years now. And then every week or every other week, like we're one of the top 10 to 20 shows on Netflix. Like, and yeah. so uh, 
who knows what will happen. Maybe Warner Brothers will come out of its stupor and realize like that, that uh, maybe we need some more episodes of this or maybe some TV movies because it's for sure like that that the uh, the actors have made it very clear to me here at Longmire Days where we have a festival, you know, for Longmire, uh, that they would be tickled to death, you know, to put, you know, get back in the saddle and put their boots back. Speaking of Walt, what's been the best part over the years about creating Walt and his world? You know, probably this book is very emblematic of that. I have to say, quite honestly, if you if you're lucky enough to stumble onto a character that has a lot of layers, a lot of facets, you know, one of the fun things is to peel that onion back. You know, that 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 skin by skin with each consecutive novel, learn you know more and more and more about them like that, and to see why it is they are what they are or who they are like that. And Walt has a lot of layers like that. He's got a lot of layers like that for me to work my way through. That there's like some aspects of his character and some aspects of his personality and person that uh, that I never get to. I hope I'm like writing these books for, you know, for another 20 or 30 years and there are some parts of him that people still, you know, kind of wonder about. That means that he was worthwhile. That means he was worth spending the time with from one novel to the next. Is he coming back? Yes, he is. Uh, actually turned in the book, you know, for next year already. And already have a good, you know, strong idea for the, the next book. I mean, I've got that file folder to draw from like that. But then again, there are, there are some stories that pop up like that, that, you know, I think to myself, I've got to write that one almost immediately. A, a newspaper article that I had read just last week that was, you know, about this woman who has the longest postal route in the continental United States here in Wyoming. It's a 304-mile route that she does on a daily basis. And I just couldn't help but think that if she disappeared, where would you look for her? So we'll see what happens with that one. And that's from a couple of years from now. Like, And then there's First Frost, which is the next Walt Longmire book that's coming up. Like, And that's a, a little bit of a departure, too, because the majority of the book takes place in 1963. Um, when Walt and Henry graduate from college and lose their deferment and are drafted uh, into the Vietnam War. Like that, and what that leads to is a, uh, a Route 66 road trip across the United States to 1963 when Walt and Henry are 22 years of age. And the interesting part is to see how far they make it you know, before they get into trouble, and it doesn't take very long at all. <laughs> well, thank you. My guest is Craig Johnson, author of The Longmire Defense, published by Viking. This is Diana Cordy with Book Talk. Thank you so much.